So, this is another episode of Screen Meals. Obviously, big news. We're back in. Back in, but Marcus isn't here. Sacked. He's been sacked. <laughs> Marcus has been... No, he's actually just in America yeah. and sort of swanning around and... Uh, but as Hugh Jackman said in that movie, the show must go on. The show must go on. I haven't actually seen it. But no, no, he must neither. have seen it at one point. <laughs> but anyway, so we've got Luke Browning on. Uh, if you don't know who Luke Browning is, move out from under the rock. Yeah. Because this motherfucker just won the Macau Grand Prix. Exactly. Uh, so, me. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big, big guest we've got on, actually. Yeah. Uh, we're we're well, chuffed, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome in. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, I'm happy to be here, obviously. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice to do something like yeah, a little bit less serious and good exactly. to get the personality out there and chilling out with the boys. Good mate, Clem. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. if you need a personality, screaming meals is a good place to get it. But really? should we dive straight in? Um, we'll start Macau and then we'll go back a bit. Pretty strong weekend from first green light and FP one, right? Yeah, overall, I mean, it was a weekend that we finally put it together, to be honest. We've been yeah. sort of like pushing towards it all year. I mean, this year was truthfully one of the toughest years I've ever had in motorsport, turning up. I think people properly underestimate how difficult F3 is, mm -hmm. especially from other categories. Yeah. Having to, yeah, jump in, you've got, yeah, two laps in FP, and then, yeah, if you're lucky, and then into quali, another part of the world, like Australia, another side of the world, and the first laps, half second quick in the second lap, so... Yeah. Yeah, to no, no testing. I think, admittedly, I was a bit underprepared coming into the season. But, um, yeah, we were pushing on. A lot of mistakes on my side this year. Um, I did sort of like a season review um, over the past like six months. And I don't think there was a single round where complete carnage didn't... <laughs> didn't yeah. 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 If 3 was but, pretty wild this year, to be To fair. be honest, mate, I, I, I recall my career in Formula 3, and it was very similar. Yeah. I mean, just look at Monza alone, right? The M25 scenario um, during qualifying, <laughs> great times. I mean, it was yeah. one of those moments this year where I was real chuffed to be in Formula 2. Yeah. As I sat down in the nice F3, F2 hospitality and saw... Carnage. Carnage, yeah. to, Carnage. to put it simply, yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I kind of understand your point in saying that, yeah, it's, uh, F3 is one of those championships where it's a bit hectic. Because almost all of your racing up to this year has been almost... UK based exclusively right yeah exactly I mean I never really did anything abroad um, I had one year in German F4 um, which was quite a small championship yep. not too many rounds and obviously none of the tracks that they did in German F4 was like Saxon Ring yeah they're all quite um, small almost, yeah. almost quite British aren't they like yeah yeah exactly so quite unique in that way and so yeah I turned up to a lot of the tracks this year going oh yeah, this is a lot of space. This is a lot of space, like <laughs> yeah. where we're going. Um, but obviously, the simulator's great now, and you can do a hell of a lot on that side. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to follow in this man's footsteps next year. Hopefully, stick it, it. Stick it on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Careful, yeah. yeah. On in F3, far. hey, it was a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, F3 was okay. F3 yeah. was solid. F3 yeah. Was solid. But anyway, so we're swimming back to Macau. We got sidetracked. So yeah, just out the box, it was you had the pace, you strung it together, and nothing seemed to go horrifically wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to it's not so confidence inducing the place, but generally when you get into it and you build up to it, I think, you know, you start to get in a rhythm and then you start to get more confident and then the pace starts to come. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing about F3 is you just, you turn up to the weekend and it's either on or it's off yeah. and it's completely out of your control, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Wait till you get to F2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've kind of got to the realization that like this year I put a lot of pressure on myself in the opening half of the year. Uh, was very stressed out about the outcome, you know, stressed out on doing the lap and performing and the outcome of that. And I think what you've got to understand is that a lot of it's out of your control. You turn up yeah. and preparation up to that point is is what propels you forward. Yeah. And yeah, 
the preparation for Macau was was really good. I think I did close to a thousand laps in the simulator, which, yeah, that yeah. was my uh, was last three season average. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. uh, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I, I'd probably, I've probably done less than a thousand laps over the last three years. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, and if two, you do what like four hundred laps a year. What in the, in the sim? Like total. Oh, in total, oh, in yeah, circuit. actually yeah, on yeah. track probably, but in the sim as well. Like I. You've been to Atsis before, haven't you? I, ha- I have actually never been to Atsis, but obviously being part of Team Redline, that's yeah. where the base is. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, I had a, a, a well, let's say, thought out routine of uh, entering the simulator and uh, getting on the sim for your, your sort of 10 laps there to start the day, mm-hmm. set sort of a benchmark, um, then proceed to head to the couch. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't because that was that sort of Lewis Hamilton's approach. He's been quite public about that, that he doesn't really believe in the simulator. You say that, but recently he's put a lot of stories on his Instagram there of him in the simulator. Uh, yeah, now that the car's mm. on Struggle Street again, he's. Yeah, I think he's trying to put in. He's fire up in the, the gas station again. Yeah, Struggle Street. Yes. Like the one line is this guy comes out with absolute comedy. Yeah, as I said earlier, I did a bit of research before coming on watching some of the old podcasts. What? And I kind of understand like the dynamic now. It's yeah. a bit like, it reminds me of like Top Gear. You know, like you have the three guys. And it doesn't really matter what you're talking about. I think the main thing that people are drawn into, and it's why your Vino series is going to kick off, I think, yeah. is like the whole, the just the connection between you three and how it works that's what people tune in for and yeah that's what we figured out recently is like because we used to go like oh if not all three of us are here or if, or if we can't get a guest what's the point in showing up and then everyone all of instagram facebook all that kind of facebook who's facebook, facebook bro twitter, <laughs> twitter i just I'm, twitter's a bad taste in your mouth you know um so just do an episode like we actually quite like you guys so we started yeah. doing that now a little bit more yeah but, exactly uh, you know usually most people who arrive kind of look at me and go like right so you kind of drive everything right like you're you run the show and I'm like, yeah <laughs> pretty much i mean we, we so were every talk- now and then marcus will like shock our pants off and uh, deliver a really good well thought out question and yeah. we're just like, who is your compliment like good question marcus because you need to encourage good behavior and <laughs> when you're sort of house training people yeah. but you know no no so i appreciate you doing the time to do some research yeah um, well i think i think the research was probably mostly coming from the fact that you wanted to you know get an idea of um how bad this could go, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just do a Twitter yeah. search for Screaming Meals Pit Stop. <laughs> yeah. They asked me if I want to come on. I was like, okay, let me have a look at this. Let me have a look at this first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, hey, we're over the hill now. So <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is us. We're back in. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, we'll go back a little bit to... Um, we'll save the afters of Macau for right at the end because then we can cut a lot of that out. Yeah. But uh, we'll fast forward all the way back. So you kind of you had a pretty, I want to say, untraditional route and compared to most guys in f3 there's a few more kind of getting in through that kind of driver academy sort of uh prize winning kind of route because you started out very low level saloon racing yeah so to be honest like my background is i mean I'm not from a poor family like, by no means we're not you know on the bread line but yeah. we're just a normal family to be honest and um yeah I, obviously it's got better as, as i've gotten older but um you know as a family we could only really afford to do club level karting yeah and um that was what we enjoyed and we did it completely for fun more or less up until mm-hmm. up until 2016 2017 um so at this point so the early years i started when i was about 10 just batting around hoot and park if you've been um this was great fun 
and we were doing these like non-MSA regulated series. So in MSA, obviously, yeah. you've got to have a strict engine. Yeah. Whereas we just like strapped on the fastest engine we could find and, and just it sent there. it out. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's pretty old school. It's like yeah. 70s, like back in the day. That's, that's yeah. the story. It was that. mega. I think I clocked like 97 mile an hour down Wigan Straight when I was, I think, 11. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> no. mate. I wouldn't yeah. even get anywhere near that in KF and no, juniors. Like you wouldn't even get close to that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was like actually a bit unsafe, but that shows you my dad is a complete mentalist like, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, like i'm in between my mom and my dad my dad's on like a new level of just complete yeah Crazy. craziness um i mean to put it into perspective like he rides a unicycle to work every now and again so that's awesome yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. james does that too man. actually yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well he's trying to anyways yeah trying to yeah they always say actually posture they say your posture you should like walk like you're on a unicycle and oh. that's how like you achieve like good posture there you go. But so crazy, and then yourself in crazy. the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your mum like? Myself and <laughs> my mum's really sedate. She's calm. She's yeah. She's the good influence in my life. Um, so we went into. We decided that karting was getting too expensive to yeah. be able to actually do what we wanted to do. So we went into one MSA year, and it was like, well, this is a bit ridiculous. Like, um, yeah, we did like the UK Championship, yeah. whatever it was, and we were like, got halfway through it, and we were like, hmm. Nah, let's sack this off. So what we did was we went to um, Junior Saloon Cars, which is like Citroen Saxo. So we basically got oh. a, um, a Citroen Saxo from a scrapyard near us and literally just ripped everything off. Shell was immaculate. Um, and then we built it up with a group of eight of my dad's mates. Um, got it more or less compliant-ish. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a great move. Mate, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so the right. good. Yeah. yeah, and we walked up to the first round. I think we were like, 13 seconds off ridiculous amount off in the first race like complete miles 13 off 13 seconds off yeah but we were like 80 horse Room for improvement yeah. <laughs> yeah we were like 20 horsepower down off him and I was driving like a complete moron and, like, I had no idea what I was doing I was yeah. getting a clutch uh, yeah, let's go and by the end of the year we'd won a race and been on pole so we were like ah we're doing alright we're doing alright yeah, yeah. tune the old engine up a little bit you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah off the back of this so we thought well it's not really going any further than this we thought it'd be just a bit of fun and then, as we spoke about earlier, the Autosport Award came along. Mm. Um, well, not the show, not the not the award, went there in 2016. And there was like a, a stand for for a team there that's actually become pretty well established now. Is um, especially in Porsche Crow Cup is Richardson Racing. So they had like a had a stand with a simulator, and basically the fastest person on the Genetta Junior simulator got a free test day in it. Oh yeah. Um, Ended up being fastest on the simulator and got the free test day. That is a fucking cold story, man. So yeah. You I don't like. want to keep going. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is good. yeah, we cracked into it, went up to the day. Um, and it, when I say it was torrential, this rain on this day, I mean, it was horrific. You, yeah. were, you, you couldn't be flat out down the straight you know, on road times. It would have been a event. complete red flag. Yeah. And um, yeah, luckily, none of the main championship rivals were out on that day. Mm. so I ended up being the quickest because I was just back I was making the most of it I was like I'm going to go round and round and round and round yeah, all, all the snobs kept their nice little Alpine Stars race boots dry uh, precisely yeah. so at the end of the day I ended up being the quickest so it was enough to convince the, the backer at that point to take me through a season of Genetta Juniors um, the season was pretty horrific overall but I had one pole position Genetta Juniors can be <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah which I, I shortly the insurance market that Genetta Juniors can be oh brutal. it's not a great yeah it's not yeah. a great <laughs> choice <laughs> for insurance. That as well, no? there was a lot of pump drafting as yeah. well yeah. Yeah. just like you don't like the guy in front you put them in the barriers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no. no. So, I mean, like, that's oh, not very similar to karting, to be fair. No, karting was very similar, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, so I, you didn't I, miss out. <laughs> I, can, I can go back to probably my first, um, my first poll in, um, in the Europeans 
was at the time where the uh, you know carts today they've got the sort of uh, thing that puts the front bumper in and so you receive a penalty in yeah. case you push someone off that didn't that wasn't around at the time that i first raced in, in international yeah. karting so i'd been starting off pole for f three of the four races mm. put it simply i was probably about p16 after Qual yeah third corner on the track back in the day but, yeah. qualifying on pole in those races was like the worst thing you could do <laughs> the pole was to qualify p7 yeah you're just a, you're just you another break disc the for the entire field oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you literally you would go into turn one yeah and if it was a hairpin it'd be safer to just keep it on throw yeah. right no breaking <laughs> straight but yeah so Jeanette jr is similar to that i guess <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a, yeah it's a good story to be fair it's very similar to touring cars now as well like uh yeah. everyone just bashes the absolute marcus recently that. wasn't sure as well like, yeah he, yeah you need to double check he could swear on his own podcast you can but, you, know, you can yeah they smash the shit out of each other yeah um and yeah that's kind of genetic juniors in a, in a way yeah um so ended up going through the first year uh, managed to stick it on pole at Wet Silverstone, which was like kind of like the highlight of the year. We're like, oh my god, he's not that bad. Bad, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, and then off the back of that, I mean, I shunted straight away. I think I got railed off in the first. I mean, you do in your first pole yeah. position, you just went sh backwards. I think yeah, it's very exciting race. for about seven seconds. <laughs> Precisely, yeah, yeah, as soon as you drop the clutch. Things, but yeah, stick yeah. it straight back in. Um, so it went for the second year, and we won it on the road. Got to take it. Well, I had the most points. We got it taken away in the clerk's office. Bit of a controversial one. Yeah, I'm just about over it now. Just about. Just yeah. After a McCall yeah, I mean, win. Yeah, yeah, I would say after a McCall win, the Genetic Genius Championship yeah, is probably something in the back of your mind that you've sort of forgotten. Genetic sprint race seems slightly less relevant. Was, <laughs> you said on, um, on the Blancpain episode when you're karting, you're just stressed, stressed, oh, stressed. Yeah, yeah, you, then, you, like, like like the tiniest heat. That will determine your starting position, not for the final, for the pre-final. Yeah. It's like you, you're thinking your McLaren seat's on the line. It's done. Yeah, career's yeah. over. Yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. I guess now. And you realise that it just doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like, to be honest, all the way up until F3 is the point that everyone starts to go, ah, okay, now we actually see that they're committed, especially until you get, you know, sort of over 18, people go, well, they could go through puberty, things could change, they want to go and... I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of other now. things you can do when you turn 18 that Precisely. are a lot more fun than racing cars. <laughs> I can I can attest to that. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we ended up doing okay in that season, second year. Um, finished P3 in the championship, and that was like, oh well, what are we gonna do now? So we didn't really have the money to move up, so we were relying on the relying on Richardson Racing, and they took me for the first year in F4. Yeah. We did, I think, three or four days testing before the start of the year compared to the guys that had done 30. So we didn't expect to be miles, you know, anywhere close. But the first two races, we won from, like, more or less the back of the grid. We had issues in qualifying at a wet brands Indy. And, yeah, I won yeah. the first two races in single-seaters. So it was a bit like, oh, that is what's going on? Because yeah, that's the thing with, with, with um, especially, like, younger, I guess, younger formulas. Like, there's sort of F4s and maybe even British F3 like yeah. you did. Uh, like we did um yeah you you can pretty much test as much as you want which is yeah. crazy because like most of the time for us racing drivers now like when we get around to especially f3 and f2 you get around to november there's nothing to do there's until february down. next mm. year yeah like we're literally just what do we do when yeah <laughs> when i think in in f4 <laughs> and f3 in british f3 you're just going out and testing every single week and up to the point where I've grown so tired of the British winter, having done probably like 20 days testing in a British F3 and 17 of them been in the wet. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. 
pretty decent in the wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big bush. We yeah. have to go for a little hack. I think we should do like a car day at some point. I think it'd be Mate, fun. Yeah. A bit like what you did with uh, Mr. Um, Marcus. I thought that was yeah, funny. Yeah, that was pointy, that C, C43. <laughs> what was it? No, it's GLC, I think. GLC something. Franz, it's mate, a terrible tell, Ask Rory about it, mate. Yeah, you look like you were flying around in the back seat. Terrifying. Straight to one side. You're lucky you kept oh, the, the camera, I think, still yeah. all right. But <laughs> yeah. It's got a bit of a dent in it, actually, you can tell. Yeah, maybe that's where the, the GoPro is. fell off. <laughs> you knew it was chaos and the GoPro fell off the roof. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that, was, that was all go. Uh, yeah. But no, we, we want to do something like that. We actually talked about uh, doing some ice racing with one. Yeah, I mean, we well. want to do some ice driving. We, to be honest, the thing I think which would be just amazing to do, sort of try and find a track day which is more or less dry and get yourself a couple of caterums and just get yeah, like yeah. six, yeah. seven drivers from like multiple championships and just go ahead and just hack for a day. And these yeah. are quick. You can buy like, the caterums. Oh, the caterums you can have are now. not. Especially like, the, yeah. I think it's like the R700. Yeah, R7. Got yeah, a sequential like, gearbox. Like, yeah. It's a beast. Like, you can find yourself in some serious trouble very quickly. Yeah, Williams might not love that for you. Uh, they might, <laughs> might want to you out there in a Fiat Punto or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Fiat> <laughs> Punto. I'll tell you what I did do. Before the Imola test, um, I took like a Fiat 500 around the track. Yeah, and that was that was that'd be Yeah, that's Imola, still yeah. pretty hairy though. A Fiat 500 at Imola, like that's was it the Abarth model there. with the with no, the no, it was the okay, slowest one. I think it was like safer. the one liter like eco mode. It was. A, I think I reached like 85 mile an hour by the time I got to T1. It's a long straight. It's, it's, it's actually going a, some 85 miles an hour on a 500. I mean, the thing's shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I actually used to have my my old man handed me down his old 84 Range Rover Vogue and he knew it was safe for me to start driving that at 17, 18. Because actually, if you got to 110 k's on the motorway, which is 10% allowance of speeding, it would start wobbling. Mm. And you'd just be like, this is a bit bit, rough. All my like ex-girlfriends in New Zealand hated it because you took it into fifth gear and you just couldn't hear anything anymore. So like, oh, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> 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 you. That's cool though. I think the old, oh, old land is yeah, oh, that was awesome. It would have been a real cool car to have in the UK, but in New Zealand, no one appreciated it. So it's just That's this a shame. bucket of bolts. And yeah. there was actually a hole in the fuel line. So by the time I, I used to work at a Rolex store in Newmarket, so I'd use, I'd fire it up in the morning. By the time I got to the the office. The cabin was filled with smoke because it was just like dripping into, the, I think, like somewhere hot and filled. And I told dad, and he was just like, You're driving it too hard, you fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> fast forward two months later, he yeah. takes it out for a drive. He's like, I think there's something wrong with the Range Rover. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. The whole thing just fills up with smoke. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, so that was just the real therapy session for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so continue. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you said obviously Janetta's F4, yeah. and then British F3. Mm. Now, how'd that come about? Well, GB3. GB3 now, yeah. It actually came off the back of F4. So after the year of Richardson's, it was, you know, it's pretty clear that it wasn't, we weren't going to win the championship. It was just very difficult. I mean, okay, we won a couple of races, got another pole position, but at that point, I was just getting battered in the dry like it was yeah. we were miles off. Um, so we moved was to that, Fortec. Was that due to setup, you would say, or probably driving? or Probably a lot of driving that I wasn't, <laughs> that I didn't yeah, admit to at the time. Because, you know, when you're 17 years old and you think you're the best driver in the world, it kind of like, yeah, you know, it takes control. So he's been there, actually. Um, James's yeah. career is uh, full of uh, high hopes and... Uh, High hopes, <laughs> high <laughs> targets. It's amazing how much it comes down. Like the realization that, like, as you get older, you kind of understand that. Look, like, everyone's doing a good job. You just got to put it together, and then it is what it is. I mean, you're, in a, you're still in a Formula One academy and Formula Three this year. Like, I mean, I, I went from Formula One, DCM would be cool. V8 supercar, 
port, a couple of port cut insurance. <laughs> that's, <laughs> hey, that's how am I? Hey, hey at least you're making money from motorsport, mate. It's more, he, a lot more. Important he's got this moment. You could tell us your story of your moment of realization. I mean, pure and simple. When you realized F1, I think was probably not on the cards. Oh, right, sorry. Back when you were in the uh, in in the school bus there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I realized the F1 dream is over, like, for sure. I think I'd, I'd given up on F1 more or so. I was 17. And I was on the school bus, and, like, the news flash comes up. Let's show my age a bit here. Comes up, and Verstappen had just signed his contract for Toro Rosso in 2016. Six, uh, 15. 15. And he's younger than me. Mm. And I was still racing carts, and I was sitting on the school bus, and I was like, oh, it's, like, it's mm. over, over now. Mm. Like, it's really over. It was over before, but now it's, like... It's but rolled off the page. Let, 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 <laughs> yeah. let that sink in, right? James is older than Max Verstappen. Now, a straight on out the com- school bus. A straight out <laughs> comparison right now between James and Max Verstappen. Verstappen has got 54 wins in Formula One and counting. Yeah. Well, together they've got 54. Yeah, F1 together wins. you've got yeah, 54 F1 wins. Yeah. And I've um, sold way more insurance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, it's actually who's winning. Really? Yeah, who's winning, really? So, yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about, I think, uh, F4 to F3, yeah. Yeah, GB3. Yeah, so F4, in the second year, we went with Fortec, and they, they were great with us. They really supported us through. Um, we managed to win the championship by the absolute skin of our teeth. Um, we won't actually win it on count back in the last race. At Who Brands was that against? Uh, it was against Zachary Sullivan in Carlin. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember, because I think I was probably... Was I driving British F3 at the time? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, I remember that. Uh, you were the most consistent driver through the year, flat out. Clem was like P2, P3, P2, P3, P2, P3. Every race, mate. I don't think you were off the podium once. Uh, uh, there was a couple, but yeah, no, it was, it was all about, because we weren't actually that quick. Yeah, but you were the most consistent. <laughs> <laughs> That's, exact, I need to take, that's what I mean. It's yeah, like a leaf out of his book yeah. for this year. Like the, your consistency through that year was incredible. And that's like obviously an F3. Well, F3 was the same. Some of the like tails here this year, to be fair, as well. One race win. To be honest, I was about to point that out. Yeah. I've got as many wins as, as the F2 <laughs> race, as the F2 championship. You had a very winner. similar season. I may as well just call you the champion. <laughs> yeah, I know. So may as well. That was good to watch. Like, oh, yeah, watching the Netherlands, that was... Yeah, I was happy for you, mate. It was, really a, was, it was such yeah. a popular win. Yeah, it was. Everyone was like, yeah! <laughs> I texted him immediately, straight on the story. Yeah. 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 Not many people do that, do they? But, um, Actually, yeah, credit, it's good to, to see. credit to um, Liam Lawson as well, who was about to start mate. in his first ever F1 race, gave yeah. you a text. It literally was one of the first people who texted me going, and he was like... Come on, yeah. come on, you sicko! I was going to bring Liam up as well because he's actually he's on the other side of the world had quite a similar career path to like he could he didn't have the money he's in on the show for New Zealand like top New Zealand karting so he had to go into like a car scholarship program and then try and kind of piece yeah. it together there so he's done it right actually he's been racing a a little bit of, he had something out of the Honda engine in it this year. He was mm. quite fast. He's clearly a very talented he does driver. Right. Yeah, yeah, he, he went over to Super. Is that Liam Lawson? Yeah. yeah. He's not him. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's done pretty well he's for himself, good. I think. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, mate, it's, it's all on. So, what's, uh, so next year, uh, are you, do you know what you're doing it yet? Or do you know what you're I'm doing not, it? Is it public knowledge? It's not public doing? knowledge okay. yet, but I think people take a good guess and it makes sense to do it yep. to do it again. Um, and it, I want to go back and win the F3 championship. So, yeah. um, so now they know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not signed yet, but, uh, you know, in case anything goes horrifically wrong, but yeah. yeah, we're more or less there. Good, good. And um, yeah, so I've enjoyed it this year. It would have been nice to have slightly better results, of course. But I mean, what was clear was the disparity between pace and points. Like it was just ridiculous. Mm. I mean, the first two races 
Um, yeah, I mean, between, it's always difficult, like you say, the, the car park of the M25 for yeah. qualifying is just, I got blocked in the first two races in, in qualifying, and yeah, then there's a crash or a red flag as you're finishing your lap, and it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, a lot of it's putting myself in the right place, like not putting myself around the people that cause crashes, making sure that, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to, to prevent it. And I did absolutely none of it. And I think I also went into the, to the season thinking sort of like, screw everyone. I'm going to, I'm just going to focus on myself. I'm going to just, I'm going to nail this. Right. And then you quickly realize that actually that's not the way to go about F3 because you get screwed over more than, more than you'll screw other people over. And ultimately it's just not the way to be. Um, yeah. well, it's good that at your age you've like you've already had that realization of like maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, everyone's got to have one at one stage. So. Yeah, and you learn, you get better, and this is how you grow as a driver, right? And mm. as, as long as you learn from these mistakes, and it's you know very much what I learned, and it's kind of why it's come together in Macau at the end, and it was coming together towards the end of the season. It's just like obviously we got disqualified from Monza, and um, but and you know we're in a top five position there, and that's all you need to do if you're consistently qualifying in the top five. You don't put yourself in a position where you're scrapping. Mm. Um, Love a good scrap though. Oh, that's oh, great, great to watch. Right? There's, no, there's nothing worse than like the come down though. After like you have a great scrap and you win it, and then like you, you're still like 14th. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I mean there, much, there was, was one question yeah. I was going to ask you. Um, didn't you have a moment where you took off this year? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I had, yeah, three flights in three? Australia. So I had the one there, I had the one over the curb at the chicane, and then I had the one home. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. the one over the chicane was not, yeah, well, that was it's prime smoothest, example. Was the smoothest landing or? Which chicane Probably was, it? was, actually. Pardon? Which chicane was it? The, uh, oh, the, the really the quick fast one. one. Yeah, so sector, yeah. I decided that it would be a great idea to overtake my teammate at the fastest corner on the circuit. C- c- great choice. So, yeah, ended up not going very well. Um, but it was the lead of the race, which is good. But again, big step back when you realise that you're no longer there and you're now pedalling yourself backwards with tub damage. But from but, like the event organiser's point of view, though, like first time F3 was down there, you want to show like lead of the race, fastest corner of the track. You did your job. Mate, an entertainer. Honestly, you if, you, if, if, if we're talking pure numbers <laughs> here, we're going we're back well. to Australia next year. Yeah. Because of you. Yeah. Precise. And I'm going to do it again. No. <laughs> and it's all coming back. This time I've got it, go. right? Yeah, no. I've got to be a little bit more cautious. I need I to send it to the outside. This time. That's what I did wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you only watch it back. And I'm on the radio. I was so convinced. I was like, nah, it's completely Seb's fault. I lost my team. I was like, nah, I can't believe he turned it on me. And I look back at it. Like, I wasn't even alo- alongside. When you're not. that? sometimes i don't know if you had it in car obviously no radio back in the day but in moments where you, you're you're in a in sort of a fight and what you perceive from inside the car is completely different to what's shown on screen yeah and then you look back at yourself and the worst thing is when those radio messages are put out to the world because oh. you're like oh my god i look like a massive dickhead well, lewis had a yeah. bad one in qatar this year with george with george uh, the probably most famous one is schumacher and hill um, for that for the championship back in '95, I know you two are both probably both a bit young to remember that. But um, well, and Schumacher took out Hill at yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, but like until he got back to pit lane, he said yeah. oh, he convinced that he got stitched up. But yeah. then as soon as he watched the replay, he's like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do enjoy watching the old F1 races, actually. I don't, I'm not like too overly into it. Clued up on all the Clued up on it. But you know Vettel. Yeah. You know Vettel, yeah. And um, yeah, and obviously Alonso. 
<laughs> I've got I've got a cracking theory, which I don't think is too controversial, which we'll talk potentially talk a bit about. Sure. I think that if Sebastian Vettel ran the FIA and was president of the FIA or Formula One, we'd have a lot less problems in the world today. Not just in Formula One, but <laughs> the world. I mean, Seb, Seb for me is a cracking guy. I think he could be a real Gandhi character for Formula One. Probably. I mean, from my end, I've had a bit of experience uh, getting to know him, obviously, when I was back in karting in, oh, in Tony, Tony Kart. Yeah. Because obviously he was at Ferrari at the time and they had some sort of affiliation with the Ferrari Driver Academy. And so he came and did a couple of, uh, couple of test days with us back when we were... Yes, freezing Lenato, your classic minus 10 degrees. And yep. you, as soon as you get back into the box, you've got to put your hands on the exhaust to try and heat them up yeah. again and stuff. Yeah, if Sebastian Vettel wasn't there, you'd be filthy that you'd been made to go and do that. that no, yeah. no. I mean, it was it was part of your, your required yeah, training in carring, you know. You had to go and do those laps. I mean, the number of days I've done at PFA where the track was icy. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, Vettel was there, which was surprising because... You get some F1 drivers that go and do some carring stuff, but you tend to find that they'll obviously go to the warmer areas to, yeah. to practice their carring. Mm. Hope that no one talks to them. And yeah. Just well, show up. Seb was the man, man. Honestly, yeah. he arrived and he was just the nicest guy on track. Like You mm. could go and ask him any sort of question to the point where I think a couple of years later, I'd obviously moved up into Formula Renault. Mm. And I can't remember exactly. I think it was in Monaco or somewhere like this. And I was just... Well, I was close to the F1 paddock or nearby the F1 paddock mm. and I'm there on my phone sat down and he goes like somebody walks up to me he goes hello mate and I look up and it's Savelle and I was like what the fuck has gone on here yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know actually uh, of the wizard um, had a similar experience there and I don't know if this is going to make it but when we were celebrating uh, the end of last year's F2 season in Abu Dhabi um, Mr. Vettel came up and, and said hello to a few of the characters on our table and I had, I had a mate from the insurance market with me who got all excited by the bright lights and the uh, expensive drinks and took it a bit too far. And I had to wake him up yeah. to let him know that Sebastian Vettel just sat down in front of him. And yeah. he, can you imagine being like the drunkest you've ever been, getting woken up and then going and just seeing a four-time world champion? He's the nicest bloke Having in the world, never though. been a part of like the Formula 1 scene as well. Yeah. Hold on, lads. I'm just going to go get the food. Oh, it's the Nando's here. Nando's Fantastic. Lovely. Macau, restaurants. Yeah. What's the scene like? Chinese. Makes sense. Every night, more or less. <laughs> yeah. um, Big Chinese man? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like Chinese. Favourite um, dish? Pardon? Got a favourite dish? Uh, a couple? Yeah, I just like special fried rice. I'm a happy man with special fried rice. Yeah, um, Very northern of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very northern. And to be honest, like English Chinese, I was like more impressed with than the actual... Chinese. Oh, that's so, gonna. So, the, so you're, you're more into the Westernized Chinese food. Yeah, than the Chinese yeah. Chinese. But for me, to be, that's un, as a Westerner, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Like, to be just, fair, I looked on the menu and I was like, oh my god, like mm. there's like ox so, tail. There's a lot of stuff in in the menus there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, incre it's incredible what they eat over there. I mean, for, oh yeah, it probably tastes all right, but for me, just like off seeing it and just thinking, I've never eaten that before. I'm gonna stay well clear. Yeah, especially because you. Obviously, don't want to have some toilet issues there's, the next day. Yeah, there's so. a few guys who have, like Malaysia was always shocking for it. But guys got food poisoning in Malaysia because really? what they like. I think if you have anything that hasn't been cooked and it's been washed, like lettuce, if you have a salad in Malaysia, you're asking for it because they wash it with the local water apparently. And if you're not used to the local water, then it could be game over. Mitch mm. Evans found that out the hard way. Really, yeah. India's the same, isn't it? I think. It's India Quite possible. Yeah. Though. Yeah, I think. But yeah, no, I, I've I've had a I've had my fair share of races, obviously, in my career, and I think um, those races you go into with a bit of a bit of a touchy stomach mm. per se. Uh, definitely not the. Um, I've the, definitely gone into races with a touchy stomach before, but it hasn't had anything to do with food. 
Oh, really? <laughs> Just stress? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, no, no, myself sometimes, you know, uh, a bit lactose intolerant. Yeah. Mm. So uh, a bit of milk, an issue in the morning. And yeah. then uh, you, you'll, you'll find that uh, the racing or at least the... 30 minutes that precede it are a bit, you know, sort of Rough. squeezy bum time and yeah. <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, the best. Yeah. Sunday night, celebration mode's on. Did you eat? If so, where? Um, or what was it, yeah. rather, rather than where? I actually can't remember. I'm not surprised. I, 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 can't, I can't remember. I no. Because it, it was all just such a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah it was all everything it just seemed just, to happen. Yeah. It was no, the no, emotions. No, Precisely. Um, and it was a big bottle of champagne on the podium, which yeah. I think I got through half of it. No, uh, yeah, good on the actual ceremony. So I think, yeah, the the, the press conference was quite funny afterwards. If, if, if you're you you working like hard, this. you can get to Novak level, and you'll do the whole thing by the time you get to the press conference. Ask Rory. <laughs> it hits in quickly, especially when you've been sweating that much. Yeah, hey, it's crazy. Like literally, one sip will just get you going. That is actually something like a little bit of inside knowledge I can let out. Is like you, you actually don't realise how sweaty you guys get in the car oh, until horrendous. like until I hugged you after that race. I never actually. <laughs> You were soaked. Like, I was, You yeah. really do fucking yeah. sweat. And that's in Zandvoort, where it was actually cold. relatively cold. It was cold. freezing, it was freezing yeah. that weekend. <laughs> to be fair to you, driving an F2 car around Zandvoort must be so physical. Especially was, when yeah. you're the bloody winner, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, that was the one that Armstrong said he trained up for like last yeah. year. Have you worked with Ash with, at High Tech? I have, yep. yeah. So they both said, like, Zandvoort, Sal 1, mm. that they're going to... Set yeah, a target on. Ash is a good guy. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, have you raced there in F3? Oh, no, 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 in F4. Haven't. Yeah, F4 must have been quite physical already then, or was yeah, it? Yeah, okay? we had. I think we had three races on one day, and <sighs> by the end of the day, it was like, yeah, getting yeah. through. Yeah, it was tough, and that's in an F4 car. I'm, at the point, I think people were just crashing because they couldn't drive it anymore. Hold on, yeah. Know? Well, um, yeah, we've we've talked plenty about um, Saudi. Saudi is the yeah. same. It was one of those. That that was probably the most physical race of my career. Was that Saudi? that feature race the first year that I did F2. Because mm, mm. yeah. up until then, obviously the, the, the year before we'd done Saudi because I did the last two rounds of 20, the, the year Piastri won, I think 21. Yeah. And but you did the sensible thing physically and you crashed out of both races immediately. No, no, actually, I think it was... <laughs> the, just the one, there's the feature. <laughs> no, we didn't, we did, I didn't actually crash out. It was just actually, uh, there was a red flag or I think a barrier was broken or something had oh, happened okay. or, or, yeah. And basically the race didn't resume or we only had like 15 minutes of racing around Saudi. So it wasn't that bad um, until the following year. So up until then, every session that we had had in Saudi and F2 had either been curtailed with a red flag or a few safety cars mm. to sort of get a breather. Mm. And then we get into this feature race by lap six. I was hanging on. Yeah. I was hanging on for dear life going, mm. please, Please let there be a safety car. Someone shut. Now. Someone shut. Now, please. <laughs> if you ever want an ego boost on that, come down to the Lloyd's Karting Day because it's basically just like a bunch of boomers who own a fast road car and think they thus qualify as, a, as quick on a track. So you go down there and they go, we go out with our office hands and you come in after session one and no one can even hold their phone. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my hand, I, I can't use my hands. It's just yeah. the most tragic thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like a, a bit younger, carrying a few less kegs and you just go out there and hammer like a 45 minute session. They yeah. look at you like you're God. Mm. It's great fun. It's amazing on the simulator as well. Like I take my best mate on the sim at home and he goes, Luke, I can't hang on to this for like shoulders, 10, 15 minutes. And he's just mm. like, this ridiculous. I'm not sure if it's just because the actual oh he's hanging on harder than he needs to, but 
Even so, yeah, I think what you don't realise is the strength that you build up from doing this since you were nine, ten years old. It's yes. really weird. Yeah. The, the funny thing when you stop, especially like for me when I stopped karting, is then getting used to just not being sore all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not bruised on both of my hips and all of my ribs now. Mm. It's very strange. And mm. like getting then, yeah, you go back into it. Like there are muscles, like forearms in particular. Yeah. You don't really use forearms in many other sports. No. You know, like it's a weird I muscle. Think racing drivers are good at arm wrestles generally, aren't they? Oops, when no, I haven't tried. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Come on, you brought it up now. Uh, you, I'd love to see you two. Oh, it's good. oh yeah. Go on. Go on. I think oh, the, they'd on. love to see that. I reckon here's we should the, go here's, side on. Here's the thing with this. I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I have everything to lose. I'm expected to lose. To lose. I'm like, expected to lose this. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. right. So my ego's gone. All right. Hey, could, could we in shot there? All right. We're already done, though. Oh, I wonder. All right. Somebody count us in. Three, two, one, go. Oh, he's shaking. Oh. Come on, push, push, push. Oh, end of <laughs> Glemon Novalak. <laughs> oh, he's raging. Oh. Uh, so, so, how'd you feel? It turns out professional racing drivers are stronger than insurance brokers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Well, who would have guessed it? <laughs> uh, I mean, you put up a good fight, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, I think I did better than most people would have expected. Don't know if you were going easy on me. Please don't answer that question. But, um... On the F3 calendar this year, we'll, we'll swing it back around a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to racing. <laughs> any any restaurant from like the European circuit, because obviously having done mostly UK races, not a lot of fine dining up in the northern part of England. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, your Barcelona's, your Monaco's, Are you your knocking UAs. my mother's cooking? No, 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 no trust me, your mum's cooking is fantastic. But, um, <laughs> How would you know, James? Don't ask questions, you might not like the answer to. But uh, any, any roadmap, any like city, where was the best time that you had? What was the city that you had the best time in? Not related to racing. Um, Milan. Yep. Yeah, I went to go and visit Gabby um, after after Monza, and I love Milan. Milan was great. Mm-hmm. See the fashion city of the world. Clement over here would fit right in. They've actually named a street after him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. You can only wear a cardigan on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually a requirement. Cashmere it's like only. no caravans in Monaco. No cardigans on Novalak Road. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah no it's a lovely place i went there they got nice food it's really strange there because you sort of it's a bit like london where you it's italian outside london, of it right it's just <laughs> yeah. italian london yeah. you look outside and everything looks a bit uh, and then you walk inside and it's new and it's like beautiful and it's done up and, yeah it's, it's insane so um yeah that for me and all the history and stuff surprisingly actually quite like wandering around yeah. Um, although I do like the fast adrenaline filled stuff I think sometimes it's nice to actually just kind of have a day wandering around the city and it's a lovely place to wander around though yeah no it is good Budapest is quite nice to walk around as loved well loved it I've, I've heard Barcelona is obviously amazing but that's not news to anybody really. yeah um, I've always loved Budapest I don't know about you whether you did much this year but the thing is there's something that I would recommend to most drivers out there is if you get the chance as much as it increases your journey time to go to the track every day mm-hmm. stay in the city mm-hmm. because whether your day goes good or bad, you can get away from the track once your session's done, go to a nice restaurant, yeah. walk around the city. I mean, I think um, obviously with F2, we've got the, the feature race and the, uh, the sprint race in the afternoon, or we did at least this year. But, you know, on, sa- on Friday, my qualifying hadn't gone so well. Mm-hmm. Kayo hadn't gone so well either. And so we were just like, okay, we were both staying in the city. We were like, man, let's go for a run. Mm. Went, done a 12K run around the island. 
walked past the parliament, everything. Beautiful place. Yep. And, mate, clears your head. Get back in the next day and you're sweet. The one thing I'd say, like, yeah, if you are doing Budapest, though, yes, stay in the city, but make sure you have a car if you're a tourist because you cannot oh, get back no. on track. Oh, no. Terrible. I, I the almost, taxis. I almost saw Rick Armstrong kill somebody in the line for a taxi. Rick? Yeah. Four-time t- four former judo champion uh, Rick Armstrong. Yeah. We were in the queue, literally. I've, Mark's his dad. By the time it snakes, you know, in that snake around like at customs, yeah. I reckon if you stretch the bastard out, it would have been a better part of three clicks long. And <laughs> like we, Rick just saw a car coming and just jumped out in front of it, basically. And then other people, like, even though Rick had almost just sacrificed his life for this cab, tried to get in the back of it. And it, yeah. They, they fucked off pretty quickly when they saw the look in his yeah. eyes. It was <laughs> nothing. Except my cab, end of. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. It was Brutal. On. It was on. But um, no, Budapest, yeah, Budapest is great. Yeah. Um, Budapest is up there. You can have a lot of fun in there. I'd like to visit there next year, I think. Yeah. Oh, did you not race there this year? I did, but I just, I stayed oh, just, close yeah, to the track. I was yeah. in and out. Oh, you just stayed in the high tech hotel. Well. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah every every race you can. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, well. <laughs> I, I, I ordered a martini in the hotel bar at the hotel at Isaac's day and they looked at me like I'd asked for like a lamb's foot topped with you know moose foam it was it was ridiculous they I had to google them it show them what a martini was I was like it's quite it's this it's this drink and they just gave me a glass of martini like vermouth with, <laughs> with some ice in it and I was like this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life what well, did you have it though yeah of course, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so Macau. Um, I'm going to go back to this because it's obviously the biggest news in the world right now. Luke Browning has won Macau. How has it changed your life, mate? How does it feel to be a Macau Grand Prix winner? Um, yeah, incredibly special, of course. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, Just don't give us the, the politically correct answer. Yeah. Tell us I mean, how you feel. It's the first Grand Prix win for Williams since Maldonado. Technically, yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because um, obviously it was a dream of mine, for sure. And I love like the, the celebration afterwards and the whole run up to the event is amazing. And um, to be honest, just being there is incredible. You're like a superstar over there, which I'm not, not used to at all. You can, you can wander around after an F3 race weekend and you've, you've done, you know, three sessions there and you've been batting around and you walk around fully geared in your Williams kit and no one knows. Oh, you'd be surprised though. I think if you're James Blair walking out of... Uh, out of the paddock, man. You, you, you're no stopped yeah. by a, a bunch no, of fans. Marcus rang me halfway through the weekend. He was like, Rory's famous here. That's <laughs> 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 <was like>, yeah, <laughs> great. Spectacular. Yeah, no, it's true though. Macau's like, you just walk out your hotel like 20 minutes away and people are like, oh my God. And they know you by name and they watch the race and it's just insane. Even you walk through the airport and you're actually like, to a certain degree, mobbed. Like, it's mm. ridiculous. I never experienced anything like it before in my life. And, um, yeah, it sort of gives you an insight into maybe what some of these F1 drivers experience. But, I mean, yeah, it would never happen in Europe. But over there, yeah, you're, you're a king, which is cool. Yeah, cool. No, cool. So, all in all, fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm happy about it. You could summarise it like that. Yeah. Words. Yeah, I suppose. So. Great. Winning Macau. Grounds. Many have tried and failed. Friend of the show, Marcus Armstrong, being one of them. <laughs> Were you, how confused were you when you saw that he'd entered? Like, what was your what was your knee jerk reaction when you knew that Marcus was going to be racing against you? I didn't. 
I expected it to be honest, not to not for example someone to come back from IndyCar, but just generally for people to come to come back and step into it. I mean, yeah. it's an, it's arguably the biggest thing you can win outside of F2, right? Mm. So um, yeah, to come back as a one-off race, I think people want to come and do it. Yeah. It's everything around it that's special, and obviously the the recognition of the five super license points, getting go to the FIA awards, um, is yeah, it's a big prize. So to win it, I. Walking into the weekend, I didn't really expect it at all. I just thought I'd go in and it was, yeah, yeah part of my deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it all comes together. And hey, um, uh, yeah, it has definitely changed my life. I think people now that didn't recognize me or know who I was whatsoever, now suddenly, like I walked through the F1 paddock in Abu. Um, mm. And I had like people come up to me in the F1 paddock and say, oh, well done on Macau. And I'm like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how well known it is compared to, yeah, I mean, even compared to if you if you win one F3 race, I think people don't in the F1 paddock come and recognise it or they haven't watched the race. In Macau, it seems like everyone shuts off the phone and watches Macau. Yeah. And, um, so they said about the 500 as well, like mm. if, if one, once you win one, you will forever be introduced every time you do an appearance as the Indy, Indy, Indy 500, 500 race yeah. winner, blah, 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 or, and you know, for you, Macau Grand Prix winner. Yeah. Such, you know, that's kind of happens now. To show you how James is completely, you know, it's a completely different career path, but... You'll find that, um, obviously, you, you're now recognised. You've, you're seen as a, a Macau Grand Prix winner. James here is the, the sort of... Uh, is this going to come up in every episode now? Well, he's the, he's the insurance broker, the most famous insurance broker in the world. Exactly. Is that, a, that was just the comment? You could do with yeah. insuring just every car at Macau. You'd probably do quite well. Ooh, well, I don't maybe know. Not actually. <laughs> no, opposite, don't know actually. Depends. Mm. No, you need to go to, I don't know, where's the no It's funny, though. Like, it, it's, you know, we'll do a bit of insurance. Abu Dhabi, you need to do. Step into my office. Yeah. For F1. Abu Dhabi's like, yeah, so we really like Asian Le Mans series because it's like wide open spaces yeah. and just, yeah, you should be pretty much fine there. Um, whereas something like V8 supercars in Australia is just terrifying yeah. from an insurance standpoint. But no, it's like the rule of numbers is always funny with insurance. Like, yes, if you could insure everyone, you'd pretty much be guaranteed to make money. This you start happening when, well, first, you're never going to have a whole market. That's just not the way life works. Mm -hmm. But also, so yeah, you'll win some and lose some. That's the thing. Yeah, somebody came to me and goes, "Oh, we, but we can get everyone." I'm like, "No, you can't." So, what does this actually look like? Once we shave off fifty percent tax, then we look at the loss ratio and we really see the realistic side of what the business is going to look like. You lost me there, brother. smart guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, honestly, I think you lost both of us here. That's the that's the beauty of insurance <laughs> is that they throw a lot of uh, acronyms out there. There's a lot of big fancy words that don't really mean that much, so that guys like me who aren't that bright have a chance at a white collar career. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> can we can we call it an episode with Luke Browning? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for very much for coming on, mate. Busy schedule for you at this point, so we appreciate your time. No and, problem uh, at all. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's tonight. good fun to do, isn't it? Yeah. So I bet you're having a little bit of fun at the Autosport Award tonight. Ah, yeah, Autosport Awards. Well, actually, this is probably coming out in a few weeks' time. Yes. Yeah. So it will have been the so Autosport Awards. Yeah, if you ruin your career tonight, people already know about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spectacular. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Cheers, boss. Thanks, mate.